I love that jam that we picked out. I'm glad uh, I learned the electric guitar really fast to uh, play you this intro to the most awesomest podcast in Penn County. Yeah. Welcome back to another installment of uh, Pastors of Pain. We are the Pastors of Payne County Stillwater. Payne County Stillwater? Payne County, America, where the capital of our awesome county is Stillwater. At least I hope so. I'm currently making stuff up. Stillwater is the county seat. Ooh, really? Which is why we have the the jail, Payne County Jail, and the Payne County Courthouse. Oh, save the day. All that. O'Brien, save the day. Right here, one of 77 counties in uh, Do you you have a favorite one? Do you have a favorite name of a county? Uh, Mine is Pushmataha. Potawatomi. Oh, yes. That's a good one. I love the Pushmataha I know I like, too, uh, our good friend, our mutual friend, Father Jack Gleason, who's from Blackwell. Uh Uh-huh. He used to, whenever I'd say, oh, you, you know, you're going to Blackwell to see your parents? And he's, yep, K County. Is that what K County is? K is County, K County. So I like, the, I like the sound of that. I like the, the crisp, you know. But anyway, okay. but I love Payne County. I never, I, you know, before I moved here, I never really gave it the time of day. <laughs> I'd been here, you know, I think I came for a football game, a couple basketball games. Uh-huh. I came one time to see you. Mm, that's it. That's about it. A now, handful of time. Now it's well, my life. Now it's your life. Well, welcome everybody around the world and on other planets to Payne County, America, where the county C I'm just learned is in fact uh, still water. We uh, our podcast passed a milestone, Father Kerry. Really? Uh, we just passed twenty five thousand downloads as a, as a, a lot? as a podcast. Is that I, a lot? I think. I don't know. Dang, dang, dang. <laughs> no. Seems, like, seems no. like a lot. Uh, the people out in the hallway gave us a thumbs down. They're like, it's lame. No one's listening uh, to it. You know, I don't know what other, uh, I'm sure there's podcasts out there where that's like, you know, what they get in a day. But, you know, I think for our little our little effort here. I picked up some listeners in New Zealand recently. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, some TU grads moved to uh, just outside of Auckland. What's very funny is the people who say, like, I mean, we you know we've been doing it for, I don't know, a year and a half now or so. And it's the people who say, I just started listening and I'm on episode six. And I'm like, oh boy, you got, yeah. like, what were we talking, what did we talk about on that episode? Oh, I think it was, you know. My, our hairlines, our yeah. receding hairlines. <laughs> but I thought, wow, they got, I see you got a lot to catch up on. But I think what the best, I think what, what most people say, this is, and we'll just take this as a, as a compliment, and that is sort of the length of it, right? It's like 30 minutes. 29 minutes. 29 and a half, you know? Header and footer. And so for people who have like a little commute, you know, okay, listen, you got a 15-minute commute, all right, half the show on the way to work, half the show on the way back. The priest tells you you got 15 minutes of penance you need to do, you can at least listen yes, to 15 exactly. minutes. I mean, it's exactly. it's a worthy penitential Glorious. podcast. Well, welcome to uh, welcome to Stillwater, uh, Father Kerry Wakulich. I'm the pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center. I'm here with my casa amigo, my uh, my uh, my friend, Father Brian. Uh, I can't remember your last name. You know what's annoying, Brian? We should do a show on things that annoy us. Oh yes. Uh, so the other day, uh, I was at your place uh, for the little tailgate before <laughs> the uh, the game. Uh-huh. Uh, so Oklahoma State, if you don't know, Oklahoma State played McNeese State, which is, which is a little a university located in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Anyway, these guys are there. And so I introduced myself and I said, Father Brian O'Brien. And the guy immediately, I mean, a super nice guy, immediately launches into like an Irish joke. <laughs> like 
ugly brogue and everything. And I was just like, what? What is, what is, what is this? What prompts this? Like, I don't, do I do that to people? Like, you, I don't know. I hope I don't. Gosh. You're like 19th generation Irish, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, obviously my name is very Irish. I heard your mother said to me, I said, why'd you choose Brian O'Brien? And your mother says, because Marty wouldn't let me choose Seamus McFarty. <laughs> My mom would never say that. She's too, she's too dignified. That is, that is true. She is dignified, but she would say that. My name, if I was a girl, do you, know that, do you know that you're, what your name would be if you were a girl? Is no, it Carrie? No. Oh. I, I think I got a gender My neutral. My sister's name is Carrie. I know. Uh, my, I was told once when I was little, my name, if I was a girl, my name was going to be Caitlin. Wow. Just so you know. That is Let's keep that in a mind. lot different than Brian O'Brien. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, again, again, welcome back, Father Brian O'Brien. He's the pastor of the, uh, the Temple to the Living God, St. Francis Xavier, yes. out on the corner of uh, Country Club. Still, and Still going strong. Country Club, and where is that? Uh, McElroy. Country Club and McElroy. West. And if you're coming into town for a football game, uh, you, every home game, there's morning mass. multiple ma- mass options. There's morning mass at St. Francis Xavier, and then... At uh, nine. At nine o'clock. So before the game, you can come and you can pray for our team, you can pray for the people traveling, you can just hang out with the good Jesus. Uh, also... After every football game, on the corner of Miller and Knobloch, right next to the football stadium, if a game starts at 6, Mass is at 4 o'clock. And if a game starts at 4 or 2, Mass is half hour after the game. What about if game. it starts at 11? Then there is no Mass. Wow. So basically just check the website. Yeah, catholicpokes.com or check, on Twitter or it. on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, or on those planes flying around in the air. We don't put our information on that one. But you can look up anyway to Allstate. Did I just plug Allstate? You did. I'll, I'll take another drink out of my chill water mug. Glug, glug, glug. Okay, so speaking of you yeah. and your parish, uh-huh. uh huh. Tell me, tell it's me, been uh, exciting. T- there's been some exciting movements in the city of Stillwater and kind of uh, you know around the country, but also in the city of Stillwater recently. Uh, why don't you, uh, old Father Brian O'Brien, uh, Irish uh, ancestry, I'll lob the uh, lob the mic to you. Of what's been going on at the parish? Yeah, what's been going on at your parish? What's uh, been going on in the life of uh, St. Francis Xavier? Well, oh, so okay, okay. So uh, maybe about a week and a half ago now, um, there was a uh, the, the uh, Ho- Department of Homeland Security. What? Came to Stillwater. Oh yes, I do uh, so you may have seen, especially if you if you live if you live in Stillwater, you knew about it, and if you live in the Oklahoma City area, this is something I still can't get used to living in Stillwater. Is that we're we're a TV market of Oklahoma City. Oh yes, which is still weird. Uh, now we don't have a television at our house, and so I don't like. I, I mean, I still I connect. I'm still more connect, much more connected to the city of Tulsa than to the city of Oklahoma City. But anyway, so uh, a week ago Thursday, there was uh, the Department of Homeland Security came in and uh, basically like kind of raided, if you will. I don't know what the proper legal term is. um, Two restaurants here in Stillwater. Uh, and a bunch of people were Chick Fil A were rounded up. Two, no, it wasn't Chick. <laughs> it wasn't Casa Bonita. T- one restaurant was called El Vaquero, okay, and the right. other is called Palomino. Okay, got it. Sorry. Uh, 
and they uh, came in and basically detained everybody who was uh, everybody who was involved. Um, so that I got a call that Thursday morning that this was happening. So not not I didn't like in the any. middle of it happening. Uh, like somebody's live yes. tweeting you or live. No, calling I was getting. I started. I was getting texts from parishioners. But why would they call you? Because I'm their priest. Oh, so the uh, uh, the like. Is it mostly Hispanic? Is it, uh, it was, is it was it... mostly Hispanics, uh, many of whom are are my parishioners. Whoa! And uh, so I, you know, you I, you know, you know, you don't know exactly what to do in the moment. But so I went to uh, El Vaquero just to kind of get a sense. There were still uh, law enforcement there, and we were encouraged to like stay off the property and stay outside. So just really just trying to get information of where people were, um, you know, kind of immediately thinking, all right, let's let's try to help people. What do, what do people need? Um, I'm not trying to get in the way of law enforcement uh, of doing what they mm-hmm. think they need to do, but you know, these are my people, and who you know are, are they being affected? Are their families being affected? Uh, do they have legal representation? Sort of all of that. Yeah, because so, these are your parishioners and your friends. You see them at Sunday yeah, mass, and, and you know what? And I would say that even if they weren't. Uh, yeah, I would still have some, you know, responsibility to them. But I'm now I'm like getting these texts, and so I'm kind of in it. So went to El Vaquero, kind of get the lay of the land. I'd heard that they were at the Payne County Jail, so I went to the Payne County Jail, and they were not at the Payne County Jail. So then I went over to the other restaurant, to Los Palominos, and was there, and there were federal agents there as Whoa. well. Um, and so then news reporters started to show up, and other people. Very odd was the... People were like kept pulling. It was probably noon, twelve thirty. <laughs> so people are rolling up to Palomino's like for lunch, and you're like, oh, "I'm sorry." And it's closed. I mean, obviously it's closed. There's federal agents inside, and so I, uh, you know, I'm standing there like trying to. I'm on the phone. When in between phone calls, I'm like praying the rosary, <laughs> and yeah. and all these people are like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm sorry, they're closed." But, and I'm sure those people were so confused. Like why, why a priest why was is there a the- priest standing in front of this restaurant? I'm just trying to get some lunch. So so I went I went to Palomino's today and this priest turned me away and, and I couldn't priest, have avocados. Yeah, these priests are so mean. <laughs> they they, they wouldn't even let me have lunch. <laughs> um so then so was there for a little while and then went back to uh so it turns out that everybody was taken to the Stillwater jail. And so I went to the Stillwater jail and still wasn't able to see everybody because everybody they were being processed. And but did I did I did meet with um an agent from Homeland Security. And really my goal then as it is now was just to really to be an honest broker between law enforcement and my people. Um, so, you know, knowing that a lot of folks had uh, children in school. Um, there was uh, at least one person who had a health condition Whoa. that we wanted to make sure that people knew about so he could be, you know, cared for and have his medication. Uh, so that was kind of, that was the day. Um, and it was, it was, it was, uh, not the way I thought my day was going to go right on when I woke up. So then really the goal was there was just to, what, what do people need? Mm-hmm. Um, do people need food? Do people need legal representation? Do, are their kids going to get picked up from school? You know, so kind of just trying to maneuver all that. And people were wonderful. This was not a, a one man show by any means. Um, both the, my parish staff really jumping on board. Um, and then just a lot of just community kind of volunteers. So then um, our next step, we got um, really, I think, probably the hero of the week was Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma. 
which is headquartered in Tulsa, but has, you know, of course, offices right. all over the place, including right here in Stillwater. We've been partnering with them using the old St. Francis Xavier, uh, where we're going to offer um, high school equivalency classes in English and Spanish. And so so we've already had this partnership, and I know those folks well. So I was able to get on the phone with them and say, look, what can you, what do you got? So it turns out Catholic Charities um, is doing a lot to help people with immigration issues, um, including from Burma. Past- yeah, from and uh, yeah, not China, just it's not just from a, Central and South America. Thing. Yeah, yeah, for people who are like you know refugees yes. and yes, yes, all of that. So the so Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma has six immigration attorneys full time on staff. So what we tried to okay, let's let's organize. So people are, and I think really the biggest thing was people people were scared. Um, there was uh, a lot, just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of rumors, a lot, of, right. you know, and, and that happens in our day and age. So trying to find out what, what was the real information, what's really going on, and then trying to be Christ. How, how can we help uh, people who are in need? Yeah, there's that, li- there's that line that says, uh, you know, of welcoming the stranger, like how, like the stranger, the orphan, sure. the immigrant, sure. how are we welcoming these people yeah. in? And so really, and you know, Matthew 25 comes, you know, and it's, it's, when did we... The uh, judgment day, the sheep and the goats. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you drink and naked and clothe Mm -hmm. you and in prison and you visited me? Um, You know, and and Jesus says, what what you did for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. So I had that in mind throughout the day of, okay, don't get caught up in the legal stuff. Because that's that's over my head. It's 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 a that's a complicated, and we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but just serve people, help people. What do people What do people need, and and how can you bring people comfort in a in a difficult time? So that led to then the next day we had um, we had mass at the church. Just the very allow, next day. The very next day. Like twenty four hours later. Yep. So we just mass to kind of just to get people together, and let's just let's just pray, pray for each other, pray for a resolution to all yeah. this. And then after Mass, uh, we had like a kind of a community meeting, and it was really led by um, uh, an immigration attorney from Catholic Charities who just gave people information. Here's, here's, real, here's what happened yesterday, and then here are your um, rights and responsibilities going forward. Right, you know? correct. And so then from, since then, we've, just, we've really just been trying to meet individual needs. So, so not only were the people who were detained on that day— of course, their families were affected, but these restaurants have been were, were now then shut down basically for a week or oh, more. Wow. Okay. So you then yeah. So then you have other people out of work. So identifying those people, and then working through, uh, through our what we call our Mother Teresa ministry, which is just we we help people with with bills, uh, gas and groceries and things like that. And that's not just Catholics and not just people. That's just poor. Up in, the poor and those in need. Thing. Those college students too. We help them. Yeah. With. Yeah, um, and that's a wonderful ministry, and that's I mean totally funded by the the, the people of of, uh, of Saint Francis Xavier and and other donations that come in, yeah. And so just trying to help people th- kind of through this this kind of period of transition, and that's kind of that's really where we are. It's it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I, I you know uh, your family is immigrants. My family's immigrants. My uh, I was talking <laughs> to my dad one time, and he said his his dad had fled uh, because they they grew up in Russia. Yeah, they fled uh, the Bolsheviks, like the communists, like the rise of communism, the post World War One is like you either serve the czar's army and die on the front, or you get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so, 
my grandfather, Sam Wakulich, left at the age of like 15 with his eight brothers. And good they, Sam. good old Sam, and they fled to New York. And like my dad was raised in, and I didn't realize this till a couple of years ago, my dad was raised in like a Russian ghetto. Like the projects of a Russian yeah. project where it, it, all these people were fleeing to the United States. And same thing with his mom. Like yeah. they fled. My great grandmother's paperwork said um, the Austrian Hungarian Empire. Like she, they had to get hmm. out or they were going to be overrun. And so they just like fled to the, or even the persecution of Catholics in uh, France. Like my grandparents were Quebecois, they were French Canadians, yeah. and they came to. Uh, western kansas to farm uh, and so the, this is i think my life has always been wrapped up in like the immigrants and you know i my f- my families have always been poor yeah, and so always fleeing, depended get, on the church trying to get out of a in that case it was a, a political situation that was dangerous but we also have a lot of folks around the world and this is true mexico mm-hmm. in the united states but central america but it's also true i mean all over europe oh my gosh i mean the number of yeah. folks from Kind of northern Africa, trying to make it to Italy, uh, and dying along Cuba, the way too. Cuba coming to Florida. Yes, um, I mean it's happening all over the country. Uh, because they, they, even like you know yeah. South South Sudan, where there's a civil war. Um, so so it's happening all over the place. So it's not always. I mean, a lot of times it's political. A lot of times it's economic. Um, a lot of times, and this was my big my big concern when when that was all happening here in Stillwater, was. Um, Really, just of like of keeping families together, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where we can get into a little national debate here. I mean, that that's where I think our, our I mean, our our immigration system is broken, um, and I and I think there would be sort of widespread agreement on that among Republicans and Democrats. Certainly, leaders in the Catholic Church, um, the bishops of the United Correct. States have been very forceful in saying that that our system our system is broken. Um, but now, then, then you get to well how, well, how do you fix it? And that's the hard. And so then you get to you know the the, the 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 kind of the two sides, if you will, you know, sort of enforcement first, and that's what we're seeing now in the Trump administration. And that is, you build you build a wall, you deport, uh, you you know you sort of strengthen the border, uh, which I think the bishops would say is, that's a component of it. Um, the United States and every country in the world has a right to. Uh, to defend your borders and has a right to regulate. Correct. Who who comes into your country? Who <laughs> yeah, doesn't? exactly. We are not. Um, we don't believe in. And you hear this, and again, in politics of like this political candidate is you know they're for open borders. Okay, uh, speaking for the Catholic Church, we we are not for open borders, but there are like some other so kind of some other some other principles. And so this, the bishops put it. They kind of put it like there's like three three principles. Three principles. <laughs> you get, you, can gestures. you count? Are you like three? You're like one, and then you judge your pinky. So, <laughs> this is Catholic social teaching. So, the first principle. What document is this? This is uh, this is from the U.S. bishops um, coming out of uh, a document on uh, on Catholic social teaching. Okay. So, uh, the first principle: people have the right to migrate Ooh. to sustain their lives and the lives of their families. Okay. All right. Now we don't stop there, but we would say that people, generally speaking, have the right to move around uh, in order to take care of themselves and their families. Feed their families. The second principle, a country has the right to regulate its borders and to control immigration. Okay. Right? So countries have that. Number two. Third one. And number three, a country must regulate its borders with justice and mercy. Ooh. So that's where, 
uh, probably principle three uh, is where it gets a little a little hairy, a little sticky. messy. Yeah. So let me just read this little this little piece, and it talks about uh, und- what they call undocumented immigrants. So it says undocumented immigrants present a special concern. Often their presence is considered criminal since they arrive without legal permission. And I had this this happen this week. This sort of came to me through that we were in the news a lot and that our church was helping people. We were on the news in Oklahoma City. Uh, and somebody said to, to a staff member of mine, um, why does your church help criminals? Oh, so undocumented equals criminal. Right. So, so in their mind, that okay. was like, the, in their mind, that was, why would you, why would your church help? What kind of a church would do that? Oh, okay. I can okay. see the logic there. So that was one little, one little feedback. So the, the bishops continue. Under the harshest view, undocumented people may be regarded as undeserving of rights or services. That's probably what this person would say. This is not the view of Catholic social teaching. The Catholic Church teaches that every person has basic human rights and is entitled to have basic needs met, food, shelter, clothing, education, and health care. Undocumented persons are particularly vulnerable to exploitation by employers. Oh, yes. And they are not able to complain because of the fear of discovery and deportation. Uh-huh. Current immigration policy that criminalizes the mere attempt to immigrate, immigrate with an I, and imprisons immigrants who have committed no crime and who have already served a just sentence for a crime is immoral. In the Bible, God promises that our judgment will be based on our treatment of the most vulnerable. Before God, we cannot excuse inhumane treatment of certain persons by claiming that their lack of legal status deprives them of rights given by the Creator. Ouch! Yeah. So it's oh not. So I think That's... what I would what I would just encourage, and there's been, and, and, and in a yeah. good way, there's been okay. a lot of a lot of discussions this week, um, and very healthy people. I've I've found people to even people who who are disagreeing, are, you know, are being are very charitable about it. Um. Immigration is a, is messy. It's messy. Um, and so to say, all we need to do is... This thing. Push all, this magic button and all goes All we need to do away. is just legalize everybody. Okay? Well, that's not the solution. All we need to do is build a wall. Not, not the solution. Uh, it's, it's just it's not that simple. Um, and what's happened, I think, politically, is we have... We have, we have Maybe tried little things here and there, but there has not been th- this this whole mess um, is uh, is a result of of really failed immigration policies. Okay, and I think both political parties are have 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 blame there, and now caught and then caught in the middle of that, we saw it right here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You know, are are a lot of folks who are who really are. I mean, really just who are working to. Uh, to to support themselves and their families, and who are good, hardworking folks, um, and get, you know, and get and get caught up. Yeah, in I, all that. Just just to go back to the the one point is the uh, especially people who are here illegally. When I was working at St. Thomas More in Tulsa, you would find people who hadn't been paid in months. Yep, they were being exploited as workers. Yep. and it's like this guys, these g- groups of dudes had built all these houses for this this housing project and made zero dollars and they come that's i learned this phrase padre no tengo comida ni un taco like we don't even have a tortilla we have not enough money Mm -hmm. and these dudes would like spend hours building things around the church like i need to help with some stuff these guys were on it boom 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 always like 
super generous with their time, yep. love the Lord, love being here in, a, in the U.S., and then there was these corrupt people who would take advantage of them just because they were here because they couldn't res- they couldn't report them. So it was it, it was a uh, it was a sad time just to in, uh, to be with you know yeah there is those, so that, those that sorts threat, of immigrants that threat of exploitation mm-hmm. um, is is very real. Um, uh, it, it happens, you know, in the in the in the church. We've we've learned a lot, and you know, we've talked in the past about just like kind of sexual abuse in the church and and elsewhere in the larger society. Um, and it's true that um, like children children of immigrants, uh, or especially if if somebody's here undocumented, um, uh, a an abuser will know that, and so the children will be a a bit a greater target because they're if. If they ever found out, they, they they won't tell, and their parents won't tell because, because that would involve that would involve law enforcement, and they're going to get deported. And so, oh. so there's this underlying um, sort of vulnerability there that I think the church tries to kind of tries to step into, um, and at the same time, and this is where I, I had a lot of questions this week, and you know, and people would say like, well, what's the church doing, like to teach them English? And the answer is, we're offering English classes. Like, we do that all yes. over the place. Well, what's the church doing to uh, help people, like, on the path to citizenship? We have six immigration attorneys at our Catholic charities, you know, who are, who are assisting people all the time. Um, and so it's, this, it's trying to sort of stand in the gap of a very complex situation and simply try to be Christ. And do we always get it right? No. Uh, do, you know, do we kind of maybe err one on one one side or the other? Yeah, but that's the that's that's just the messiness of of trying to to serve people. Um I think one positive thing though I'll say is, you know, I, I had a number of people uh, throughout the week uh one, one person said I saw them there at the store and it, and they said, "I I didn't really realize there were like Spanish speakers here." And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, so if anything, it's kind of raised the, 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 I mean, people's awareness that there are a lot of, I mean, on the campus of OSU, uh, in, in the larger community, both here right. in Stillwater and then even, you know, in, in the, in the cities and towns beyond yeah, There Stillwater. are Burmese immigrants here. There are immigrants yeah. from Indonesia. Yep. Uh, there are Korean immigrants here in Stillwater. Well, I think they would have said like, yeah, of course there's international students because we're a university. But there was just there was no sort of recognition of like oh yeah there's there's probably a lot of Spanish speakers here. If you're having sushi in the city of Stillwater, it's Burmese people <laughs> who have fled Burma yep. because of persecution, yep. because people are being murdered in small villages. Yep. They're like yep. we're getting out of here, yep. and that's why there's Burmese here in Stillwater. But I think if anything, you know, again trying to just to put a put a human face on it. Yes, uh, I think there's a. There's a sense, and this is it's true in all of our politics. Like, there's a sense that we we sort of stand for a particular political position, but without sort of recognizing the human face behind it. Um, and I think even that's true. You know, I mean, we're we're obviously very pro-life and we're against abortion, and but there's a very human face to that, and that's a, a teenage girl in who's in a crisis pregnancy um, to just simply say like outlaw abortion. Okay. I mean, yeah, but you know what? There's still going to be this, this teenage girl who's in a crisis pregnancy. 
all right, you've outlawed abortion. Well, now what? You know, what are you doing? What are you doing for for this young woman? And so there's there's national debates to be had and state level debates to be had. Um, but ultimately, my hope is, and what I've tried to do over the last you know, ten days or so, um, is to just to to be kind of the human face of that, put a human face on it, mm-hmm. and help people with what they need here and now. Well, whatsoever you did to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Give uh, give our people uh, something they should read, maybe from the Catechism or Rerum Novarum. Yeah, or this document. so this goes way back. 1891 was when uh, Rerum Novarum came out, uh, which is a document on human labor. Um, I would encourage you to go to uh, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops website, usccb.org uh, slash immigration. Okay. And there'll be a bunch of documents and, and just really good stuff. Um, things for small groups, things for kids, things for teenagers, parish groups. There's just a, there's a lot of resources there. Um, ultimately, you know, t- that this be taken to prayer and look um, people in the eyeballs, yeah, and that you know you know you know your neighbors. There's a human side to this, and uh, and do what you can to uh, to assist and uh, those who are in need, whether whether it's related to immigration or or some other and social issue. Pray and fast for our nation that this yep. this bond of love may be brought together in our country. Yeah, we're in this together. We're in this together, and it always, doesn't always seem that way. It doesn't. But hopefully in our little our little corner of the woods here in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, we're we're trying to we're trying to do that and people have been really generous and I'm and we're very grateful for that. Live out Matthew's gospel. Y'all Thanks for tuning in to another installment of Pastors of Pain. I'm Father Kerry Wakulich, Father Brian O'Brien. We'll see you next Sunday. God God bless. bless you.